Good morning, friends and foes. This is Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host, the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. And this morning, we've got some special guests in the virtual rec room to talk about the 29th year anniversary of the Power Rangers. And we are going to do that right after this. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean, Elvis Presley and he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable, can't be that original. Guys and gals, welcome back to the Virtual Rec Room. I am the prophet of pop culture, John Pica. You can call me Johnny. And I am an Avengers and Star Wars and cartoon freak. Avengers comic books, Star Wars movies, and Saturday morning cartoons made me who I am today. And of course, Saturday morning cartoons meant big bowls of breakfast cereal because when I was a kid, we didn't have smartphones or tablets at the breakfast table on Saturday mornings. In between cartoons, kaiju, and kung fu movies, we were reading the back of the cereal box. And this morning, I am chowing down on the Pokemon cereal from General Mills in honor of one of our special guests this morning. And we need to thank some of our sponsors up front before I forget. Of course, the Murdering Crows, they did that awesome theme song, Can't Beat an Original, and you can get their album at Amazon, Google, and Apple Music, wherever you get music. And of course, we need to thank our super fans, super fans on Buy Me a Coffee and Patreon, Sharice Collins, Cindy Kep, Brian Huff, Dave Manginelli, Dave Mattingly, Crystal Raven-Jones, and Eli Cash. And you'll notice there's an empty spot there. Your name can be in that empty spot. And you too can become a super fan serial boxer. And of course, while you're on the internet, check out Johnny's books, my books, Night Reich, One Night at the Roxy, The League of Impossibilists, all part of the Tales of the Decoverse series, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever you get books. And look who has arrived just in the nick just in the nick of time. She is one of the regular co-hosts on um, Back of the Cereal Box, sometimes hosting Back Issue Breakfast Club, and she is a regular co-host of Cosplay Cafe, one half of the Phoenix Sisters. She is your favorite Indiana Hoosier. The one, the only, Crayley Vanest. And now are we adding McDonald to the uh, surname? Uh, for my, like, publicly visible stuff, I'm just going to leave everything Vanest for, like, consistency, I guess. I don't know. Changing my name everywhere official is, like, enough work as it is. I'm just like, 
I, I can be Crayley Vanessa on my podcast. It's fine. Well, awesome, Crayley. So tell everyone, because we have brand new listeners every week, brand new viewers who may not know you. So tell everybody who you are, what you do, what your pop culture passion is, and what's in your bowl. Okay, so I am Crayley. Johnny mentioned a bunch of my podcasting stuff that I do for our network here. Uh, I also have um, a bunch of, uh, I've turned all of my nerdy interests into my job here later in my life. So uh, I have a business, Pokeballs by Crayley, where I sell, um, oh gosh, I sell Pokeball dioramas, uh, like Poke mugs, uh, Poke like like domes or whatever. It's Pokemon in scenes. Um and then I also am a fiction editor. I edit like genre fiction, mostly fantasy, sci-fi, like hero stories and stuff. In fact, um, Kelly, my other my other Phoenix sister, uh, just published her second book. I edited it. She wrote it. I, there, it's called the uh, Forces of Nature series. The first one is Scorcher and the second one is Thin Ice. And you should absolutely check them out because they're really great. Um. And I should have uh, a picture as, of that. You probably do. I'm, I'm looking for it. I'll put it up. Yeah. As far as what the Phoenix Sisters are, we are Phoenix Sisters cosplay. We are like ridiculously codependent. <laughs> and um, we have like what seems like almost a psychic link. And um, we started bonding because we wanted to do a photo shoot because I found out that she does the green Phoenix suit and I do the dark Phoenix suit. And um, as we were gearing up to get to uh, photo shoots, there's the picture of her second book. I love the cover art, too. I did not do the cover art. I just like it. <laughs> um, as we were gearing up to do this Phoenix, Dark Phoenix photo shoot, um, we noticed whenever one of us would post that we had a migraine, the other one would, too. And we were just like, oh, no, isn't one of the first signs that something's going wrong with like the Phoenix force in Jean Grey's head that she starts getting these like debilitating migraines. So um, as we started cosplaying more and more together and also having more and more like super similarities, we were like, we're just going to team up Phoenix sisters. So, and uh, what's in my bowl is coffee so eating solid food especially warm food when I first wake up makes me nauseated so I have to like ease into it during the day so I've been awake for a little under an hour I'll eat as soon as the broadcast is over I promise I eat <laughs> see see we had this conversation last week because my regular co-host Debartee has the same problem and I had never heard of that because when I wake up in the morning I am famished I am so hungry I could punch somebody in the face and I have to eat immediately. That's why I'm having Pokemon cereal in honor of you, Crayley. So unfortunately, though, it's not very good. Uh, it, it really doesn't taste like much. But, you know, because when I was a kid, we were reading in the back of the cereal box. This one has a fun game on the back where you can uh, try and um, follow the evolution of the Pokemon, you have to start, you know, you start here, this is backwards, you start here, and mm -hmm. you link them to their final evolutions, so. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Are, so, you, are, are you able to do it, Johnny? Can you do it? 
Yeah, yeah, I did it. I, you know, it wasn't very difficult. <laughs> it's almost like I mean, the rabbit evolves into a bigger rabbit that evolves into yes. a bigger rabbit, you know? <laughs> yeah, you got score bunny that evolves into rab raboot raboot that ev evolves into cinder race right because it's a soccer it's it's a soccer playing bunny so raboot and the, okay. the score bunny. it's a fire bunny that plays soccer and and chimchar becomes monferno becomes infernape I'm so proud of you. You're doing so good at this children's puzzle, Johnny. Yes, well, you know, nothing can keep me down. And clapping ever so <laughs> sarcastically in the green room is the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Ryan Permisson, the host of Nerd Culture. Ryan, tell everybody who you are, what you do, what your pop culture passion is, and what's in your bowl this morning. That's a lot of questions to answer on such short notice. And by the way, somebody has to start the slow clap. Anyway, so good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? My name is Ryan. Uh, I'm a podcast host and producer. I host a show every week on Saturdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time called And I Quote. I interview content creators of all shapes and sizes that join us from any and all corners of the nerd universe. Hence the reason I got a good looking tapestry in the background. What's up? Looks like I got a backdrop. So with that being said, what is my, my, what is my passions? I like a little bit of everything. Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Power Rangers. Oh, wait, we're talking about that today. That makes sense. Uh, I He's like also in comics. the Crayley fan club. I know it. I really am. That's the problem. I need to stop being a part of that club and return my membership card in the mail. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Crayley. I love you to pieces. But uh, what was my yeah? So I collect stuff. I read comics. I read books. You know, aka words on a page because reading books. I mean, life is better when reading anyway, whether it's a comic book or otherwise. Crayley would agree with me on this. Why is that? You say? Mm -hmm. Well, because Crayley and I just happen to host this show. It's called Comic Books: The New Class. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. But it's lighting up the internet. It is breaking down the walls. It is shattering records. The network executives are overly pleased, which I'm thankful for because that means we all get a bonus check in the mail. So Ooh, that's once a month. Once a month is comic books a new class. But we do have these things known as mini-sodes that we're testing out within the waters. So we post them on our Facebook page, which is comic books, the new class, hashtag always be promoting. And it's fun because we get to introduce new readers to comics. We get to maybe remind some of the veteran readers, you know, hey, you may want to check out this title over here. You may want to reread this one over there. And it's fine because the best thing about this whole thing is, is that we learn from one another. And that's a positive, I think, in life. And the more you learn, the smarter you're going to get because knowledge is power. Knowing is half the battle. And like the PSA said in the 1980s, the more you know. So that's the deal. That's who I am. That is a, a bridged version of the Eat Your Hollywood story. But I know what time it is, Johnny. It's morphin' time. Hence the reason I'm wearing this ridiculously good-looking Power Rangers affirmative shirt this morning. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get a close-up of that here on the Fashion Police right here. Affirmative. Yeah, that's what David Yost's character Billy always said on the show, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And this is from Affirmative Clothing, LLC. You can visit that on Facebook and in the, in the interwebs. Hashtag, they didn't pay me to promote this stuff. And what's in my bowl, Johnny, is it's not here right now because I ate it earlier because I try to act as professional as I can on camera, which means do not eat or drink while you're on camera. Anyway, that's have my you percent. Have you watched our yes. show? No, I haven't. Um, but the thing of it is, is that what's in my bowl, what would have been in my bowl right now is a great bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios, which is also made by General Mills. Hashtag not a sponsor. But I love it to pieces. Honey Nut Cheerios is one of the greatest cereals ever invented. So... 
that's that's what's in my bowl for uh, Saturday morning, and that's what's in my bowl every morning because eating cereal is just a daily thing for me. I'm used to it. I've been doing it for many decades now, so it's great. It's wonderful. But Johnny, I do want to say this. Thank you for having us. This is exciting. We're very excited. You know, I have a reason to actually get up before 10 a.m. for once in my life today, so I'm excited. I don't believe that you've ever slept till Probably 10 a.m. <laughs> because Ryan Permisson has two speeds. Fast and faster. Okay. You're a little bit uncontrollable, but I love it. Yeah, David will do a human machine gun on Tuesday. (laughs) Who said that, by the way? David, my husband. Oh, David said that. I love that. Thanks, David. I love you. The human (laughs) machine gun, Ryan Permissen. Probably true. I love that. That's that's a great nickname. Maybe we should get a t-shirt made for that, Crayley, for our show. We should. Mm Mm-hmm. You might that want to write this one awesome. down in your notebook. I have now, my notebook. I learned my lesson Tuesday. <laughs> she has a pen now. For, for those of you who are just tuning in, um, we this is how the show works. We yes. banter a little bit. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit off rail from time to time. But you, the viewing audience, get to participate. <clears throat> and you might be wondering where... Some of our regular co-hosts are Ivy, Debarty, Willow Schuyler. Well, Willow Schuyler is actually watching. She um, she says, good morning. I came into work an hour early, so I'm here in the break room watching you fine folks. Thank you, Willow. And we love you. Willow started a brand new job, and she's in training, and so she got called in for Saturday morning, but we... Uh, we wish her congratulations on the new job, and uh, we can't wait for her to come back with all of the stories. She's all, she's working at a hotel, yes. and on day two, she already saw a naked woman walking down the hallway. Really? Which I'm like, I'm like, what? Why does this happen to other people? Why? I I want to see it anyway. <laughs> but but this is this is how that works. Is Ooh. you guys get to. Comment like Dave Mattingly, mm-hmm. one of our super serial boxer fans, says, Weird, YouTube said the show wasn't starting till 925 today. And you are correct, I Dave. Hold right. you. Yeah. yeah. And and we Ryan and I were in the back room and, and I was like, huh, this says we don't start for another 25 minutes. Maybe that's why Crayley's not here yet. Yeah. And I was like, that's very odd. It's strange, um, isn't it? I, like maybe a ghost got in the machine and took control. It could I, happen. I, I don't know. I wasn't there when this was being set up. <laughs> and Andrew Milden says, morning, Johnny. How up, was Deadpool? Ooh. Deadpool. I, I don't understand this question. I haven't seen Deadpool. You I said told you were going to watch it. I, told I, thought him, were, I thought you were under the impression that you were actually going to physically watch this movie. I told him I was, and I haven't. I've, I've I've been DBRT for the last two weeks, and, and and I said I was going to watch something, and I did not have the time to do it because I opened a new live theater show, a stage show, based on this podcast, and um, it went well. I'm not happy with it yet. It'll go through several rewrites, but mm-hmm. eventually it'll be where I want. But the response from the audience was great. So nice. So Andrew, that is why I have not watched Deadpool yet. I apologize. I will get on that stat. Yeah. And Dave Mattingly asked, "Does the Pokemon cereal taste like <laughs> Pikachu?" 
Um, it tastes <laughs> it tastes a little bit like TV static. So mm. I'm gonna say yes. TV static. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good it's weird term. from the look at it. It looks like it should taste like the Cap'n Crunch with berries. To me, it looks like Fruity Pebbles. So, neither. It's Cap- weird, right? right? So, this is a General Mills cereal. Which and is hashtag not my sponsor. That's And they probably never will be after what I'm about to say. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. General Mills, okay. they also produce Cheerios and a few others, Lucky Charms. And they all, to me, taste like the cardboard box. Aww. Ooh, Cheerios taste like paper. So I understand where you're coming from yes, with that one. Yes, yes. With the exception of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They do Cinnamon mm. Toast Crunch, and that is the best cereal ever made. But, I, you know, I don't know what it is. Uh, Pokemon, Trix, uh, Lucky Charms. <laughs> Oops, all Pikachus. What? Pikachus. <laughs> Isn't that right, so Crayley? Isn't that what your little friend always says? Pikachu. Pikachu. Because yeah. Cap'n Crunch has the Oops All Berries box now. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. And it's delicious. Really? I love uh, Captain Crunch. Really? You're a Captain Crunch? Okay. Yeah. I love all of the iterations of Captain Crunch. But General Mills cereal, I don't know what it is. I'm not. I'm, I'm becoming less and less of a fan. And this doesn't taste much like anything. Except for the marshmallows have some sweet flavor, but even that fades, like just in the time that we've been talking, all of okay. the flavor has just leached out. Bummer. And now it doesn't taste like anything. Not better. Better luck. Not next a fan. Time. Not a fan. And George Bueller says, "Good morning, cereal boxers. Hope all is well. All is Bueller. Great. Bueller. Good morning, George. Bueller." Bueller, I'm going to a local comic shop later today with my friends, so stay tuned. You're your LCS. I am going to my local comic shop because my friend texted me this morning. He's like, hey, we're taking my friend uh, Katie over to Cards, Comics, and Collectibles later today. I was like, oh, really? Well, let me know when you're going. So I've got to ask the question. Have you finished The Last Ronin? Just like you and Deadpool, no. Okay. That's nope. okay. That's okay. Haven't finished it yet. Um, because now it's available in a hardback, which I really want the hardcover. I want the hardcover. Ryan, you said you were running out of room. You were going to stick to paper covers. You mean paperbacks, but no, I will make an an exception for last Ronin. I want to make an exception for last Ronin. Yeah. And and, and it's worth it. I I want it. I want it really bad. But but George asks this question. I hope all is well. And Ryan would say in response to that, is everything okay up there? <laughs> I just queued you up, Ryan. Your favorite is, quote. Oh, but I don't remember when Star said Wars: that. A New Hope. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? We had a slight weapons malfunction, uh, but everything's <laughs> fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending the squad in. Uh, negative. Negative. We have a, a reactor here. Uh, just give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, largely very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? It was a long, boring conversation. Anyway, look, we're gonna have company. Anyway, back to the show. Wow, that I'm was sorry. impressive. That was I, I, impressive. And I've only seen the movie like 30 times, so... Andrew Milden says, yeah. Crayley and Ryan, Hello! Hello! Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, I love that movie so hard. I love that movie so much. 
and George says, I appreciate anyone that can keep up with me. So lock and load, Ryan. You know what? If we <laughs> if there, we George. got if we got Ryan, me, and George Bueller in the same room together, yeah, the internet might explode. Mm-hmm. You know what? We need to make that happen. Can we make that a reality? We really do. Can we make really a note do. of that? Johnny, and George, and Ryan explode the internet. I'd, li- I'd like to have George here in the virtual rec room another time. Well, we I can mean, make that happen. Yeah, can we get that? We can make that happen. He's volunteered to be on anytime. George, as a matter of fact, if you're if you're in a place you want to log in, you you got the credentials. Come on, join us. You can jump in if you want. I don't care at this point. Willow says, Ryan, I so miss chatting with you. Willow, I miss it too, but you never call, you never write, you don't text, you don't email. I mean, that's up to you, girl. You want to instigate something, why don't you text me for once? Because I'm always the one texting you. And Willow also adds, the lady in white is a tricky spirit. So is the naked woman walking down the hall a spirit, or was that an actual guest? And I have to ask this question. Every hotel has a legend of a, a lady in white. What is that all about? Why, why does every hotel have a spirit of a woman dressed in white? Is have it, they done that on Cryptid uh, Crunch yet? Probably. Um, we've talked about it. We haven't done a deep dive investigation. Tomorrow night, we're going to oh, talk darn. about Cthulhu. Oh, the, Cthulhu. The yeah. Elder God and all of that. So Cthulhu. anyone who uh, wants to join in. And I found out for the first time, Crayley, yesterday, last week, that Kelly Gettner is a cryptid fanatic. And I had really? no idea. Why are we doing a cryptid crunch show without Kelly Gettner? Without Kelly Gettner. <clears throat> because Kelly is like massively overcommitted. She can't help herself. It's bad. She works I know, 80 I hours know. a week. And I then know. She comes I would, home and she has to work another 24. And I'm thinking, Kelly, how do you keep up with this stuff? I would ask her to be on the show, but I know she would be, she would say yes to her detriment. Hmm. More um, than likely. More than likely. George Bueller says, I'm not a big. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Even fan, he enjoyed Last Ronin. But I, I'm exact. I'm in the same boat. I'm not a big Turtles fan, but I loved Last Ronin. It was one of the best stories of the last year. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And speaking of getting the three of us together in one place, he says, do "Yes, it. we do." Do it. That'd make and idea, but... David McDonald asks, "Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper?" Huh? Oh, is- uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. You're who? I'm I'm Luke Skywalker. I got your R2. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi, where is he? Come on. David McDonald, I hate you so much right now. I can't help it, dude. I can't help it. When you've seen the movie 30, 40 times like I have on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray, I tend to remember things. Well, hey, David's one to talk about being a little short for a stormtrooper. Now, now I got (laughs) to ask you, Ryan, you've seen it on VHS, Blu-ray, DVD. Have you seen it on Laserdisc? On that particular format, no. Because for all of you, all of you Star Wars fans who are clamoring for the release of the original theatrical cut, which doesn't actually exist, it doesn't actually exist. Do you know Mm -hmm. why? Anyone know why? Why is that? It's because George Lucas released different versions of the film in different parts of the country. And even after it was originally released, he started tweaking it while it was still running in the theater. So there is no such thing as a single original theatrical cut. It doesn't exist. The closest you can get is the Star Wars laser disc. 
it is the the only version of the movie that exists in publication before the 1996 special edition VHS release. 97, actually, but yeah. Hmm. Sorry, don't mean to be the fact checker, but the special editions were 97. Why? Because I was there. In well, the theater seeing that. no, no, no. It came out on VHS in 97. It was re-released in the theaters in 96. Sorry, sorry. Touche. You brought up the trump card. It's fine. You got it. You're right. Correct and then, and then they, had the original, they had the original cuts on VHS in 95 to prepare for 97. That's right. So here's where this is. This is where... Um, this is where the show really takes a deep dive, and everyone who's not a Star Wars fan is going, "Huh? What are they talking supposed about?" Supposed to be talking power. This is what happens when you get Johnny and Ryan in a room together. And if we got George in a room together with us, he said, "I'd love to, but I'd have to work yeah. the shop in a bit." Big sale this weekend at Clobbering Comics. It's Absolutely, a big sale at my local comic shop. And and I'm going to my local comic book shop, uh, Dragonfly Comics and Collectibles. Gonna get my new comics for the week. I, you know what? So I, I used to really stress about getting new comics on Wednesday when they come mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and I've I've kind of given up that up because, you know, adulting is hard. Yeah, it is. And and incredibly, I, I need to know what. Why do comic book shops close regular business hours on New Comic Book Day? My local comic book shop closes at six o'clock. On new mm-hmm. comic book day, all mm-hmm. of them do, and yeah. I'm just like, what, what, who can, what are you doing? You need to stay up, open at least until eight for people to get off work and come. And I just, I don't know. So I've just decided Saturday, just like my youth when I was a kid, <laughs> it's going to be Saturday. So I, I finished being a cartoon on Saturday morning. I'm going <laughs> to hop on my bike and ride to the local comic book shop. Yeah, and um. So, all right. Dave Mattingly answers my question. The lady in white is part of the hotel building code. She has to be included by law. That, the more you know, the more you know. And Sandra Noel says, good morning. Good morning, Good Sandra morning. Noel. Good morning. Yeah. Dave good Mattingly morning. also adds that my favorite Ninja Turtles appearances are the Batman animated movie and the comic crossover with Flaming Carrot. Awesome. I, I still have not seen that animated film with Batman and the Turtles. I got to see that too. You know what? So I, I own it. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I need to go back and rewatch it. Because I'm going to go watch it. That's what I'm going to do. Now, speaking of Star Wars, Sandra Noel says, just went back and caught Rogue One yes. on IMAX this past week. Love that movie. Good stuff. Just my Star Wars two cents. Yes. Love that it? movie. You are not alone in the Rogue One. I love that film department. Now, here's my question, because I, I believe it or not, I've never seen anything in IMAX. Mm. And and I just I I don't I can't justify the extra cost. I'm a miser. I'm stingy. You're not. Um, but I want to know, did the extra footage leading up to Andor make it worth seeing on IMAX? Oh, so that's why they re-released it. Yes. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. Andor I am looking forward to Andor as a separate thing. I'm looking forward to Andor. I do want to warn you, though, Johnny, if you're considering this being like the first movie you go see in IMAX, some people, when they see things in IMAX, it's... get migraines. It's well, loud. so it's loud. 
it's not a sound thing for me. It is a visual image pattern thing. I, that's why I don't watch anime. It it, uh, it give, oh. makes me nauseous. It gives okay. me headaches, migraines. I, it just destroys okay. me. And I've heard the same thing happens in IMAX. And mm-hmm. that's why I've never seen an IMAX production. Now, I saw something at Disney World years mm-hmm. ago. It was the big, like cylindrical theater Mm -hmm. and that made me sick as a dog i thought i was gonna die okay so i have trouble in regular theaters sometimes like i saw logan in theaters and there's a scene where uh professor x has a seizure and the screen shakes and they play that like tinnitus sound and i literally doubled over and had to crouch on the floor with my fingers in my ears like it was so bad it was so I mean, I love movie, that though. movie. It's a great movie. I can watch you're wearing it on an X-Men day, shirt you know it's coming up. Sake. Right? Yeah, you're wearing an X-Men shirt on a Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, because X-Men was a great animated series in 92. So, it is yeah. coming back. And it's coming, coming back, back for X-Men Part 2, which is X-Men 97. No, so congratulations. myself in the ear. <laughs> and and you bite yourself in your cat ears. Oh, wait, and by no the way, by the way, it as fell. a little plug, this week I released a solo episode of our audio podcast, Back of the Serial Box, mm-hmm. detailing the true history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, of course, the X-Men 92 through 96 series is a huge part of that. So uh, go back and listen to that. But you guys know what time it is now. I was born ready to, yeah. It is time to reach into the box. Oh, wrong, wrong segment. Never mind. I was mistaken. <laughs> and pull out the prize for new loot. Because when I was a kid, we were watching the cartoons, eating the cereal, and then digging the toys out of the box. And this morning, I've got something pretty cool in the box. You guys ready for this? What's in the box? What is that? Is that this Moon Knight? Is a Moon Knight pop with the cover of Moon Knight number one behind it. And it comes in its own display case with peg holes to hang it on the wall. I love that. Is that not cool? I haven't read or watched any of my Moon Knight stuff yet. I haven't but I watched still or read this. any of my Moon Knight stuff either. Crayley and I are in the same to be read slash watch pile, but I will oh say my this: God. that is a ridiculously good looking pop and ridiculously good looking backdrop. So yes, that's uh, just marvelous. No puns intended. When when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I must have it." I must now, have it. I got it at Target, and Target. I, I actually went to Target for just on a whim because. They had had a bunch of board games on clearance like a mm-hmm. month ago. Ooh, nice. And I thought, you know, they're all gone, but I'm just going to drop by and see if I can find the one that I really wanted that sold out at all of the other targets because it was on clearance for $8.95. $9 for those of us who round up. <laughs> I got Gargoyles. What? Awakening for nine bucks. This is a $40 game. I got it on clearance for nine bucks. And you basically play the animated series with six minifigs. And um, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I'm hoping I can get someone to play it with me. 
and do a review. And yes, listen, I've got a stack of board games that I need to do a review on, but I can't get anyone to play them with me. It, yeah. It's really yeah. frustrating. So, yeah. so Gargoyles Awakening, the board game. You guys, uh, either one of you got any loot this week that you want to show off? Not as cool as yours. Uh, <laughs> Crayley, anything on your side of the fence? I forgot to bring it down. So I have some Lego Pokemon and Lego <laughs> Pokemon trainers that I got at Power Up Con, which is a young convention in South Bend that hopefully hmm. the Cereal Box Network is going to be more involved with next year. Actually, I just talked to Johnny about that yesterday. Really? Um, you know, no promises, no specifics yet, but I'm hoping it's a gaming convention. So any nerdy gaming stuff, Power Up Con in South Bend. Um, I also got uh, resin poured earrings that have moons. I bought a pink pair and a teal pair so that I could mismatch them. And then I got earrings of Sailor Venus is one earring and the moon wand is uh, the moon stick is the other earring. The moon stick. Speaking of, of geeky earrings, you guys need to check out a, an Instagram account. Cool earrings, bro. Uh, cool Earrings Bro is a friend of mine, and she makes awesome geek-centered earrings, and they're phenomenal. Check them out. And Sandra Noel suggests a back of the cereal box game night. I agree 100%. Yeah. And Dave Mattingly says Funko is going to release 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 release, release. a Moon Knight soda. Soda. Uh, There's a Moon Knight soda for everything. The the soda figures I'm obsessed with. Are you now? I love the Funko sodas. Pops, not so much. I, I will get I will get specific characters for Pops. Mm -hmm. Um Captain America. Yes. Um couple of the Star Wars characters. Like I have the Cara Dune Pop, um, all of the uh <laughs> Crayley spans the camera the man, over all fifty thousand of her pops. The uh the the uh Ahsoka pops, um and and for for Marvel, Captain Carter, Captain America, that's kind of it for Pops. And, of course, Moon Knight, because I have a Moon Knight figure collection. I'm like, if I'm going to have a Moon Knight figure collection, and if I'm going to be, I, I got to have the Pop in the case. The pop, bro. And, and I got to, now I got, now I got a problem, because I got to create a whole display with the figures and the Pop on, you know, it's going to be a thing. So, you know, thank you, Target. The struggle is real for nerd it, collectors, folks. It really is. It really is. Speaking of the struggle being real, mm -hmm. it's time for This Week in the Rec Room, where we talk about the topic of the week. And this week, Ryan is super excited. This is why I invited Ryan to join us, because it is this week, the 29th anniversary of the Power Rangers. And when I was preparing this, Ryan, I thought maybe we should have waited another year and done a big, big 30th anniversary. And we will. But, you know, I thought, you know, what a great time. What a great opportunity to bring Ryan in and uh, welcome him back to the virtual rec room to talk about the one and only Go, Go Power Rangers. And Ryan, tell our viewers who have never seen the Power Rangers what the dealio is. 
Boy, that's a $5 million question, isn't it? Oh, wow, I'm on the big screen now. Boy, this is big time, yo. All right, so first of all, thanks for having me. Second of all, Power Rangers debuted on August 28, 1993. It is a show, It's a. it was a kid's show in the 90s, on Fox Kids, one of the greatest networks that ever existed before they went nuts. And Power Rangers is about a group of five teenagers with attitude who are friends at Angel Grove High School in Angel Grove, California, and it's... Five teenagers with attitude, and they have experience in karate. They have experience in gymnastics. They have experience uh, with science and engineering. Uh, they come from all different kinds of, of – they have all different areas of expertise. Mostly they come from a karate and gymnastics and, you know, an athletic background. But it was comprised of Jason, who was the Red Ranger, Billy, who was the Blue Ranger, Kimberly, who was the Pink Ranger, Trini, the late great Twee Trang, who portrayed Trini the Yellow Ranger, and Walter Emanuel Jones, who portrayed Zack the Black Ranger. And they get recruited by this giant floating head who's caught in a time warp. His name is Zordon, and he's accompanied by his aide known as Alpha 5. And they are teleported to a command center, and they, are, they, are, they find out that Rita Repulsa is an evil galactic sorceress who is bent on controlling the universe with her henchmen and putty controllers. She plans to conquer Earth, and there's only one force that can stop them. In this case, it's the – well, the image that you see here is from Power Rangers Zeo, which came after – Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is what started all. They went up against Rita Repulsa and her minions, Babu, Squat, Goldar, and Finster, and then later on Lord Zed came in, and then later on the Machine Empire came in, which this image is from Power Rangers Zeo, which is when they go up against the Machine Empire. And these are Tommy was the Red Ranger, Adam was the Green Zeo Ranger, Rocky was the Blue Zeo Ranger, uh, Nikia Baris, who played Tanya, was the new Yellow Ranger, and Catherine Sutherland, who portrayed Cat, was the Pink Ranger in Power Rangers Zeo, which came out in 1996, not 1993. Just so that we have the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Now, the facts. so Ryan, um, I'm going to back up here. It's okay. Um, you said that was an amazing, amazing recap of what the Power Rangers is. I worked very um, hard on this. Crayley, were you, were you a Power Rangers fan as a kid? I tried to be. So when I was a kid, I missed a bunch of like, like, the the like the quintessential cartoon and tv show experiences because a bunch of times our tv was just like a blue screen with a number in the corner until we put a vhs in like we didn't have rabbit ears we didn't have like any of that we moved all the time we moved like every mm -hmm. three to six months for a while there Jeez. and like it was just like we didn't bother with the with the rabbit ears for a while there so like it's like I would hear my friends talking about it and then we would move someplace where for whatever reason we had actual channels on the television. I don't remember how it worked, but sometimes we had TV and sometimes we didn't. And I would just be like, yeah, Power Rangers. And then like I wouldn't have Power Rangers anymore for three, six months, whatever. Um, like I didn't start watching Gargoyles and X-Men until I was already in middle school because mm -hmm. like we just didn't have like regular access to the tv shows that were airing so like a lot of what's cool about the cereal box network and back at the cereal box for me is that a lot of people they're like we're reliving our youth while we survive adulthood and i'm like i get to check into all these things that i feel like i like kind of missed in like pop yeah. culture when i like in my own childhood so mm -hmm. well and i was talking about this this week on on the audio podcast that you know when the golden age of marvel animation was happening there were there were like five like six or seven series on at one time x-men mm -hmm. spider-man iron man fantastic four 
The Incredible Hulk and Silver Surfer. And those came out when I was a freshman and sophomore in college. And I was like just kind of involved in the college experience. And so I didn't see those when they originally aired. I had to go back and watch them, you know, in reruns and and still am trying to catch up on, on some of that content. But the same thing was true with the Power Rangers. It came out my sophomore year in college. And I remember I was I was still trying to tune in to Saturday morning cartoons because that's part of who I am. And, um, you know, you couldn't always because, you know, I'm busy. I got I, but I remember seeing the commercial for the Power Rangers and I was so excited. I didn't know anything about them. I was like, oh, my gosh, kung fu superheroes that, you know, are shape changers, morphing. I, I'm like, this is going to be the best thing ever to hit TV. And I tuned in. And I was so disappointed. Yeah, you got into the haters corner. Well, no, I wasn't a hater. I just, it wasn't made for me. Yeah. You're not the target audience who's going on 20 years old at the time. It's like, no, son, this is for five-year-olds, six-year-olds like myself. Yes. And and, and I I felt that. I really felt the the weight Mm -hmm. of that. And I was just like, oh. And I was working part-time in a toy store then. So. The Bandai toys were coming yes. out, and we, I mean, people were like hurting each other. They to were get... ripping and tearing and clawing and scratching each other to get that Megazord or that Fliphead figure for their son or daughter. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was yep. insane. We were all there, but but I was just never a fan mm-hmm. until until a couple of weeks ago, I read at Ryan's recommendation. Mm-hmm. The Power Rangers Ninja Turtles team up trade paperback collection from IDW and Boom. And it turns out mm-hmm. that as silly and as juvenile as I think the TV series is and was, that in comic book form, the Power Rangers read like any hardcore badass superhero team. And so now I'm like a little bit obsessed. Last night at Barnes and Noble, I'm flipping through all of the trade paperbacks, seeing which Mighty Morphin Power Ranger one I was going to get. I was like, I need to talk to Ryan first. So where do I start, Ryan, if I want to start reading the Power Rangers comics from IDW? Wow. Wow. I I was not prepared for this, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. I'll tell you what. Um it's there have been two comic lines and then they switch and they kind of like I wouldn't say rebooted it, but they continued it just under a new title. So there were Saban's Go Go Power Rangers and then there was Saban's I think it was Power Rangers. So there were two different comic runs going on at the same time by different creative teams still within Boom Comics. It's still set within the same universe because they do cross over with Power Rangers Shattered Grid, which is one of the best crossover storylines ever. So I would Man, that's rough. I mean, I, you really, there's really no right or wrong way to do it. I would start with Go Go Power Rangers because that's a little bit more, granted, that's a little bit more of the nostalgic feel. But if you want a more adult, like grown up PG 13 take, I would go with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, written by Ryan Parrott, who also wrote the Power Rangers TMNT crossover. Basically, anything that Ryan Parrott touches turns into guard. So anything with Ryan Parrott's name on it, I would read his run of the series because I think he's about to leave pretty soon. And then he's going to transfer it over to a new creative team at some point or another. I think it's going to go all the way up to issue 100 in the current run. Well, and so, that that uh, Go Go Power Rangers um, yeah. series 
is also not only is it written by Ryan Parrott, it's drawn oh, by okay. uh, Dan Mora. And okay. Dan Mora is one Dan of my all time favorite artists. And um, so now I know what I'm going for. Thank yeah. you, Ryan. Anything written by Ryan Parrott or in this or in the flip side of the coin, Kyle Higgins did Shattered Grid as well as many other things as well within the Power Rangers universe. So Kyle Higgins is a great writer. He's fantastic. He did Shattered Grid. Shattered Grid is an incredible. That is like what if the Power Rangers were a little bit more adult and they took a little bit of a more serious take on the mythology and what happened if the Morphin Grid just completely went nuts and Tommy fulfilled his destiny of truly becoming evil and never becoming the good Green Ranger, the good White Ranger, and everything else that he became after that. It is, it's it's balls. So I would now, look up Power Rangers Shattered Grid as a trade paperback because the storyline is contained in that paperback. All right, that I'll check that out too. And by the way, today at your local comic book shop, yes, um, Power Rangers Unlimited number one um, is available. So new That's series, yeah. Yeah, it's a fair point. I may want to look into that with Ian because Ian and Janet, well, Ian and I are big Power Rangers fans. And if I meet up with him at the local comic shop later today, we can talk about that. Very cool. So yeah. talk to us about some of these images you sent, Ryan. I asked you to send me your favorite moments from the Power Rangers <laughs> and you sent this. Yes, which this is from the actual first episode ever. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Day of the Dumpster, Season 1, Episode 1, which aired on August the 28th, 1990. This is where it all began, right here. So this is the image where they're getting defeated by the Putty Patrollers, which are Reader Repulse's evil henchmen. And Jason says, well, Zordon gave us these power morphs to give us power. Let's do it. This is the first time they morph into the Power Rangers. They fight the Putty Patrollers in Angel Grove City against Goldar. And then they have the Megazord fight for the first time against Goldar. So this is this, this image is from the very first episode. So this episode means so, so, so much to me. I can still quote this pilot word for word. I can still watch this pilot any place, anytime, anywhere. I don't care how young or old I am. This episode, the very first one, will never, ever get old for me because I still get those feels, brother. I get the electricity. I get the energy coursing through my veins every single time I watch this episode. So, Do, do you like this episode? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, so I have it on, I have it on VHS. I have this the set on Divida, and I have the VHS tape is actually because the, they had a, they had the VHS tapes with different rangers on each tape. So the day of the dumpster has the Red Ranger on it. So when I met Austin St. John, who's in that image there, who portrays Jason the Red Ranger, saw him at a convention. Yeah, right there. He's wearing the red um, sleeveless hoodie and the gym red gym shirt, whatever. Now, now, am I the yeah. only one who thinks that is it Zach in the glasses? Is that his name or is that no? Billy? That's actually Billy the Blue Ranger. In the glasses. Okay, Billy the Blue Ranger. Am I the only one who thinks that Billy the Blue Ranger looks like he's thirty something playing a high school kid? <laughs> no, you're not the only one. <laughs> I mean, so these kids were. I mean, well, I'll be honest with you. Austin St. John in this picture was seventeen when this show started, so he was the youngest member of the cast, where everyone was like eighteen and over. So, yeah, well, I'm saying Billy yeah, was, you got a point. was 30 you got a point. years old. I don't think he was 30, though, but he, he, you could, yeah, there's a little bit of an age gap. But listen, this is when they morph. This image gets me every, this image gets me every time. The episode gets me every time. And the VHS tape is signed by Austin St. John to portray Jason. So for him to sign the VHS tape from 1993, I was like, dude, you know, that's one of those great life moments, you know, when you get you the tape that you watch so many times as a kid signed by the person who's on the front of it. That's pretty boss, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us about this image. Oh, yes, yes. So this one here is, once again, during the Money Morphin Power Rangers era. This is called. This is from the episode White Light Part 2. This is when a new ranger is revealed to the team, and they don't know who it is. They're wondering who could it possibly be. 
spoilers, sorry, it's a 30-year-old episode, get used to it. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy is revealed to be the new White Ranger because he was the Green Ranger before, but he lost his powers, and then he left the show, and then he left the cast, and then the kids were so upset that Tommy left that they wrote to Saban Entertainment saying, we want Tommy to be brought back, otherwise we're not going to eat our cereal in the morning. So they gave into their demands, and they brought Tommy back, played by Jason David Frank, who was in this image here as the new White Ranger, who's sword, not sword, excuse me, the sword is the tiger sword. And Jason is on the left, Zach is on the right. So when this episode aired and you found out who the Ranger was and the music that's being played in this image, the the vibe that's being sensed, just all of it, like the mystique of it is just so, so good. And even when I watch this episode today, I'm like, even though you know who it is and you know what's coming, it still gets you every time. Plus, to see the very beautiful Pink Ranger Amy Jo Johnson faint before they go to commercial break is hilarious. I remember this episode. I got to see a replay of this one before school. Like I remember the music playing and I was like, mm -hmm. I have to, I have to, the bus, the bus is going to be, I have to go outside, but. Who is it? Who is it? And, yeah, and, she and, and I, I, think, had to go, I had to go get on the bus. <laughs> I think Ryan, just talking about this moment, I, I, it felt like you were about to cry. Like you were tearing up just a little it's bit. It's chills, there. man. It's chills. Yeah. It's so epic. And plus him to be the, I'll be honest with you. Tommy fans, I know you're watching this because you watch everything Power Rangers related. Tommy was so much better as the White Ranger as compared to the Green. I'm sorry. I don't care what you Dragon Sword people say. Tiger Zord, the Talking Sword, known as Saba. I will take the White Ranger and the Tiger Zord over any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Can you dig it? Okay. Tell us Just about sorry. this image. You said a little bit. This is from Power Rangers Zero. Zio, Zio. Zio, uh, Zio, Zio. Oh, yeah, my, -E my, my bad. Sorry, it's okay. Power, it's Power Ranger fans, please do not don't come at him in the hater hate comments. Mail. But it is from Power Rangers Zeo, which originally aired in 1996. This is from a Zeo beginning part two. This is where, after the Rangers have completed their quest in finding the pieces of the Zeo crystal, which are hovering over their heads in this very image that we were looking at on the Titantron, they are given new colors, new powers, new suits. This is when Power Rangers, in a lot of kids' minds who grew up with the original of Mighty Morphin from 1993 to 1995, they, we realized, oh, things are changing. This, things are never going to be the same. And after their suits are revealed, after they get their new powers, their new abilities, and the new zords, and everything else, right after they morph, there's an image that happens after this where they turn around in these um, containers that you see briefly. They're kind of dark, but they're in the background of this image, where they house the original suits. And Zordon says, the Power Rangers as you know them are gone forever. You are, new, you are now known as the Power Ranger Zeo, the next level in the fight against evil. It's like, whoa. Things are changing, guys. We're going to get new toys. We're going to get new Zords. We're going to get new episodes, new creatures, new monsters. All Everything was changing, and we were blown away. We were like, oh, man, is this going to make or break the franchise? But it actually made the franchise even better moving forward, at least for some of the seasons. Not so so oh, yeah. correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but there were different teams of Power Rangers throughout the years. Throughout the years, yeah. Those casting changes didn't officially, officially start until midway through Power Rangers Turbo, which was in 1997, right after Power Rangers Zeo, which is the image that we just saw. All right, all right. Tell that us about- That is some very anime stuff, real quick. It like, is. Like it the is. whole, like, okay, now you're going to get a new suit, you're going to get new powers, the villains are going to be different, and we're going to tell you that it's happening. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a really common anime, like, trope too it's like you know sailor moon everybody's got their skirt and their bow and then suddenly the the button in the middle of the bow it was a circle but now it's a heart and there's a star on your necklace whereas before it was just a ribbon like and it's like a big deal every time right 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Tell us about this image. You included this with your favorite characters. Favorite character slash moments, yeah. So this image is one of the most epic crossovers ever. This was from the episode Power Rangers Forever Red, which took place during the Power Rangers Wild Force season in 2002. And this is where they brought all the Rangers, well, all the Red Rangers anyway, from the first 10 seasons of the show, which is a huge milestone for any show to reach 10 years. So they brought everybody from the original Mighty Morphin to the in-between Alien Rangers to Zeo, Turbo, Lightspeed Rescue, Lost Galaxy, In Space, Time Force. Time Force had two Red Rangers. They had the Red Ranger and the Quantum Ranger, which are featured in this image here that you see on the screen. And in the center of that is the Wild Force Red Ranger, who's like leading the charge because he's the latest Red Ranger of the latest season with respect to Power Rangers Wild Force. Which, by the way, Power Rangers Wild Force turns 20 this year, ladies and gentlemen. How about the? How about them apples? So this episode is 20 years old. That is insane to me which is crazy it's crazy but yes these are all the red rangers in this image so you got them all from mighty Morphin all the way up to wild force at the time so great episode it's only 22 minutes you can find it on youtube it's on i don't think it's on netflix but it is on youtube a lot of on the power rangers official youtube channel they posted a lot of the episodes from respective seasons and i'm sure forever red is one of them so if you haven't seen power rangers forever red Look this baby up because it's 22 minutes of pure nostalgia, but it's pure awesomeness because even though it's a very tight woven story, it still makes a lot. It's still to a certain degree. It makes sense and it works very well. Well, and I love out of all of them, out of all of them, I am still a number one fan of the original Red Ranger design. I think Mm -hmm. that is the original is the best. But what is your favorite? Yeah. 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 Well, my favorite Red Ranger does. I mean. I, I mean, my favorite my favorite Red Ranger of all time is Jason. So he's the original Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin, which you see. But yeah, so Jason is probably my favorite character just because he was the first Ranger that I gravitated towards when the show first aired. He was the character that I just liked the most because he was just a badass, you know. And plus, I like swords. So his weapon is a power sword. I mean, of all the Power Rangers weapons, the power sword was the best part. And at least it's my favorite weapon anyway. No disrespect to the other four Rangers. I'm sorry. I'm just letting you know my two cents. But Jason and a power sword is just bad ash times a thousand. And I've met Austin St. John like three or four times at conventions. And he is such a great dude. He's a great guy in person. And also he does charity work with autism, which I take very seriously because I have autism myself. And I have two jobs where I get to work with autistic adults uh, at my job during certain parts of my job. So for him to do that at hit, you know, with everything he's done in his career, and now he's coming back to the Phantom, he's going to conventions, meeting the fans uh, all over the world. I like Austin St. John. And I like Jason. That just makes me like Jason and the and the actor portrayed him a whole lot more because of his work with autism. So, my hats off to Austin St. John. Thanks, brother. Because you know, one I as they say on the that. show, once a ranger, always a ranger. I didn't know that, and I'm surprised it hasn't come up in more of my autism groups. I'm autistic too. Um, and Yay! Like, Autistics United, guys! Woohoo! We are the real X Men. Just so you're clear, because people have are. said on record, Crayley, Crayley, people have said on record on websites, like scientists have said this, that people with autism are the next stage of human evolution. So that means okay. we're the X Men. Okay. So that there that, you go. We that win. conversation does come up in my autism groups all the time about how like we're basically the X Men. We are. And, we literally are. You know, and Johnny's you, thinking to himself, "Hmm, why didn't I get on this anyway?" maybe we should do an episode about i mean mutants are friends with humans anyway we defend humans who fear and hate us anyway so we're we're happy to be friends with johnny because he doesn't hate and he doesn't try to destroy us like other people do right okay we should do a full episode on this sometime we should i think we just did 
I, I think we just did. You probably oh, did. That's, that doesn't scratch the surface. That's you know, funny. Rayleigh and I are going to have like, to sit down and like dive deep into this whole autism is the next stage of human evolution thing one time. Now, Ryan, you sent one more image. This yes. one. Tell us about this uh, This grouping, this yes, entourage. Yes. I will be more than happy to describe this to you, kind sir. Thank you so much for being patient with me as I ramble incoherently like a babbling <laughs> nerd. Oh, it's, so it's good podcast. It's great. It's great entertainment, and your ratings are going to skyrocket because of the most electrifying man in all of podcasting that you never heard of until you do, which is me. Ryan, the quote is uh, boosting your ratings. So, this <laughs> image is from my favorite season of all time. No puns intended. From Power Rangers. This is from Power Rangers Time Force. These are six Rangers. Like I said, there were two Red Rangers at the time. So you got Wes is the Red Ranger. Eric is the Quantum Ranger between the red and the black outfit there. Aaron Cahill played Jen. Michael Copan plays Lucas the Blue Ranger. Aaron Cahill is the Pink Ranger. Kevin Kleinberg is Trip to Green. And Deborah Stell Phillips is the Yellow Ranger. This season, to me, is one of the more darker, more mature, and sophisticated, if you will, seasons of Power, Power Rangers. Because in this season, Power Rangers Time Force, they didn't rely so much on comic relief, like Bulk and Skull were the comic relief characters. That There may not be images of them here, but... If you Google image Bulk and Skull from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they were the comic relief and they were bullies. But in Time Force, they didn't need to rely on that. There were no bully characters. There was no comic relief characters because it was specifically focused on the Rangers' teamwork and how they're going to defeat Rancic, who's the evildoer in this season known as Power Rangers Time Force, which came out in 2001. Okay, 2001. This season is now 21 years old. It's ridiculous. We're getting too old for this stuff. But now, Power Rangers Time Force is the best season, in my opinion, and it's my favorite one. And, yes, I have it on Divida, and it's signed by all six Rangers, baby. What's up? That's Just pretty saying. awesome. Now, I, I got to ask the question. Yeah. Are they still creating new Power Rangers shows and material other yes. than the comic series? Yes. The series is still ongoing on Nickelodeon. New episodes are, every, are Saturdays, I believe. They're up to Power Rangers. I believe it's – what season are they airing right now? It's, is it Beast Morphers? No, it's – um. Oh, well, it would gosh, be 29, it? wouldn't it? Yeah, it is season 29, but it's going to be season 30, I believe, is next season. I believe it's called Super Beast Morphers. Or no, 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 it's Dino Fury. I'm sorry. Power Rangers Dino Fury is the current season, and the next year will be Cosmic Fury. Cosmic so, Fury, I believe, is next season. Does that make Power Rangers... 30 years old. Well, in North America, it's 30 years old, but overall, it's been around for like 40 or 50 years, because Power Rangers is originally based on Super Sentai, from the 1980s in Japan. And which like Brian which is Wensloff what Brian Wenslow is. is yeah. Sorry, Brian. I stole your thunder before we got to your comment. Okay, come at me, bro. <laughs> Said it started in the late 60s, but they used mm -hmm. the 80s season for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Yes, Brian is right. So, which, I so hate, which I hate to admit because I'm always right and he never is, but apparently he's right in this case. No, I'm just kidding, Brian. We're all friends here. But, but, but yeah, that's got to make it one of the longest running TV shows in TV history. Right behind yes. Gunsmoke and yes. Happy Days. Maybe ahead of so. maybe ahead of Happy Days, actually. I would say it's way ahead of Happy Days, personally. But yeah, it's it's been around for many decades, but North America didn't start adapting it until 1993. Well, that that's what I'm talking about. North America, strictly. But yes. um, thirty years. Now, well, Brian, it'll be thirty years next year. Brian Wesloff says that the, the uh, actors <laughs> were 19 to 21. Well, I'm yeah. just telling you. Billy looks 35. Um, <laughs> the haircut. Like, yeah. It's 90s, guys. Look at the haircuts they had back then. Look at the fashion design that they had back then. And Brian Wensloff also the 90s, says... Mm -hmm. Brian Wensloff also says that Zio gave us the Gold Ranger. Which Jay Austin St. John came back to the series after he had left Mighty Morphin and portrayed the Gold Ranger. So good on you. 
good fun facts. Yeah, and next year will be the 30th anniversary. Yeah, we're well. going to throw a big party, guys. Trust me. We're going to do something on Neuroculture's channel. We're going to do something with Johnny and the crew over here at Bag of the Cereal Box because hashtag always promote your friends. And Power Rangers is fun. It's nostalgia. It's something that we 90s kids grew up on, and we appreciate it even to this day. I mean, listen, I didn't, I mean, when they started re-releasing the show for its 20th anniversary on Divada from Shout Factory, I bought up the box set faster than Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote, brother. I bought up the sets. I bought. I got them autographed at Comic Cons, which I'm still in the process of doing. Okay, Ranger actors, so stay tuned. I'm coming to a Comic Con near you because I need my DVD signed. So yeah, I got the I got the legacy sets from Bandai. I got the Communicator. I got the Morpher. I got the Power Sword. I do have a Power Sword. It's just not here in front of me where I can display it for you right now. But I'm a collector of Power Ranger stuff that I didn't get a chance to get when I was younger because I didn't have the Power Sword when I was a kid. I didn't have a Communicator when I was a kid. Certain figures I didn't have when I was a kid, and certain Megazords I didn't have when I was a kid, and now I get a chance to buy some of the Legacy line and some of the newer stuff that Hasbro is, you know, quote unquote, re-releasing. So it's it's a great day to be alive, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a great day to be a '90s kid because the '90s are just so blessed, and I'm I blessed actually to, I'm still love, happy to be a part of it. I actually love the stuff that Hasbro is putting out, and yesterday at Walmart I saw a Red Ranger with the cape. Mm. I don't know what that is. That's but Mystic it Force. Really cool. Yeah, it looked really cool. And Brian Wensloff says, there's a huge announcement coming from Hasbro about the 30th anniversary and a brand new mm. movie. Yeah, that's been rumored for some time. I actually liked the uh, theatrical release movie from uh, a couple of years ago. 2017. Yeah. 2017, we celebrated for its fifth anniversary earlier this year in March. Hashtag go to our YouTube channel known as at It's Nerd Culture and, and watch it. Sorry, anyway, you were saying? I, I think it was pretty good. Pretty good uh, movie. I, I, I liked it. it. I enjoyed I it. I loved a lot. it. I wanted a sequel. I wanted more stories with that cat, with that hot young cast up at the time. But unfortunately, it didn't do so well in the box office. It didn't do so well overseas and whatever. And they canceled it. And I'm thinking, you guys are morons. You know, that movie it is was so good. It was marketed very poorly. And it came out US. during a very, very competitive season. I mean, it came out the same weekend that Beauty and the Beast and Logan came out. Okay. That's insane. You know you're going to get pounced by two of the bigger name fran- – I mean, Power Rangers is a big name franchise, but let's be honest. Logan was Hugh Jackman's swan song, and Beauty and the Beast was the latest in the live-action adaptations from Disney, which I still think are stupid. But it, How do you, you really know. feel about it, Ryan? Don't hold anything back. Keep the um, animated – Beauty and the Beast is better I – mean, listen, the live-action ad- remakes – only one of them is any good, in my opinion, and that's the Jungle Book from John Favreau. That's it. Everything else can kiss my rear end. I do not well, care. You know, one Walt lick. Disney himself is the one who said that they need to keep remaking the classics every so often. I don't agree with so that. that. That's kids stupid can to grow me. up. Well, he he started it, and he said that. Well, kids he's not alive. The version he's that not came alive. out in all right, their all right. time. Studio. <laughs> time out. Time out. Time out. The the reason they do that, Ryan, is uh, from a financial reason. Because they be- marketers believe, and we've had this conversation on the show, marketers mm-hmm. believe that kids, the target demographic, will mm-hmm. not watch older movies because they're quote-unquote old. Stupid. And I maintain that if something is quality, it can Which be is. re-released brand new all over again. And as long as you don't say, hey, we're re-releasing this movie from 40 years ago, Nobody would know the difference and people would still love it. Brand new fans would find it. That's why I think remaking The Lost Boys is a horrible idea. The Lost Boys was a perfect movie. And if they re-released it today as if it were a brand new movie with a brand new marketing campaign, people 
who had never seen it before would eat it up, especially with the 80s nostalgia going around today. The soundtrack, guys. Listen, people who are fans of Stranger Things discovering the Lost Boys for the first time are like, this is epic. Why do we want to remake something that's perfect? That's my soapbox. I'm getting off of it. I'm done. I'm done. Ta-da. Ta-da. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's a silly thing that they're doing, but yeah, there's uh, there's gonna be a lot of announcements made. There's gonna be a brand new. They've been talking about making a brand new Power Rangers movie for years since Hasbro brought the property. So if that gets off the ground, great. But whatever, I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. Dave, what are you talking about now? He says, "Yes, it is. Yes, it is." Dave Mattingly says, "It's the only worth." watching live action remake that disney has put out everything else can kiss my backside now for those of you who are just listening uh ryan jumped the comment here dave mattingly says the live action jungle book is indeed wonderful and now ryan would normally respond but he he got it a little bit out of order order of operations is important here uh ryan i agree uh, that's otherwise you don't get to the right answer. Um, Dave Mattingly <laughs> says Emperor's New Groove could be re-released every year, and I'd still love it. Um, oh yes, and Sandra Noel brings up the Roadhouse remake. Boo! Yeah, do isn't, we need a Roadhouse remake? No, no, we don't. Isn't Zac Efron or whoever it is playing the um, what's his name the Paul Patrick Swayze character? I I, I don't know. I don't care because I think Jake Gyllenhaal's playing him. Roadhouse Whoa. was a perfect movie. Uh, we lost Crayley for just That's a moment. Sad. She'll be back, I'm sure. But South Park covered this. Sometimes movie movies need to be saved from their own creators. Good point. <laughs> and Brian Wensloff says Cinderella was good. Okay, it's Cinderella was, fine. was was good, but it wasn't a remake of the animated movie. It was it was a modern reinterpretation um. of of that story. Okay. It was just another telling of the story. I, I gotcha. And um, Sandra Noel says it is Hall that is playing the Patrick Swayze. Why we- would Hall agree to do that? Why? Why? Does he need money that bad? No idea. It's just weird to me. I never made any sense. You know what? Here's the thing. Listen, Sandra, or sorry, read the comment first. Sandra I'm, Noel I'm says Fright Night didn't need a remake either. Annie did not either. I, I agree. Can't- I can't comment on the Annie remake because I know I had no intention of seeing that remake anyway. But the Fright Night remake with Colin Farrell, I actually liked it. But but did it need to be remade? I, I have no problem with sequels or continuing the story, but remaking the same movie for the sake of you know capitalizing and making new money off of the same IP um, all over again. It first of all, it's disrespectful to the original creators. Eh, it's fair. disrespectful to the original creative vision. And quite honestly, I think it's insulting to the fans to say, oh, we don't think you're savvy enough to discover this and to like this on your own. So we're going to force feed it to you all over again. It's just, That's uh, offensive to me. I'll make a confession to you, Johnny. I actually watched this little indie film called The Lost Boys during the lockdown for the very first time. And I enjoyed the heck out of it. Of course you did, so, because it's a perfect movie. It's a really fun movie, actually. And the soundtrack is boss, especially when they're going midnight riding in the woods. Yeah. I, dude, that I whole score. Not it's so good, man. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Hey, listen, I wanted to learn how to play the saxophone because of mm. that movie. You remember that scene? Mm-hmm. And 
I don't have the abs for it, but you know, no. um, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, but movies like that and the Goonies and Gremlins and uh, the Goonies is aired on television like every other day. Now, now I, I would, I would, I would acquiesce this one point. One of my all time favorite movies is the last Starfighter. It's a near, near perfect movie. It would be perfect today if they gave it a Lucasian treatment and went back and tweaked the CGI mm-hmm. and and made it less dated. I watched that for the first time during the lockdown, too, and I had enjoyed that film because it has a spirit to it. I really like yeah. the spirit of it all. Yeah, so. yeah. It's the, Those are great movies. Yeah, apparently classic. I watched a lot of 80s movies that I didn't see when I was younger because I did grow up to where I wasn't born until the tail end of the decade with, with, with all due respect. But I'm going right. back and watching these 80s films and realizing how great they are. So there you go. So Brian Wensloff says there's nothing wrong with remakes. Mm, I'm going to say, is. no, yes, there is. There and is. there have been some great remakes. And I'm going to say, uh, one. <laughs> P- P- Peter Jackson's King Kong was oh. actually superior to the original. Um, wow, that is yes. a hot take. Wait, yeah, do you, yeah. Do you only feel this way about like large blockbuster films, though, Johnny? Because no. Sailor Moon, the remakes of the cartoon are mm-hmm. more faithful to the manga. And I see situations really? like that all the time. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the way the TV show is, that was the original writers, Joss Whedon and companies mm-hmm. closer to their original um, vision. But the production company that agreed to make the movie said, we'll make this if you make it a comedy. Oh. And I like the the comedic movie, but I think the TV show is better. Like, I think they, whenever creators get a chance to go back and make something closer to their original vision, that's a great opportunity. Well, for that's an guys. exception to the rule. That's a different story. Yeah. Okay. I'm, ta- okay. I'm talking about new creators taking the original IP and just recreating it for the okay. sake of cashing right. in. You probably on it. made that clear while my internet was out. I bet. That's okay. Yeah. What is and Dave t- saying now? Dave Mattingly says in the new vampire movie Day Shift, which I desperately want to see, it's on my mm, list. Mm. It's on mine too. They give a great Easter egg for the Lost Boys. All right, that, I'm done. You know what? I'm I'm done. I'm gonna go watch that right now. Um, <laughs> All right, bye, Johnny. Ryan and I will just carry the. Crayley and I will just keep talking about how autism is the next stage of human evolution. Listen, the Lost Boys. If you can't tell, I'm I'm obsessed with the Lost Boys. It is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Top five? Yes. I haven't seen wow. it since I was a kid who was too you know, young to enjoy this it. Kind I have of to beg, watch this now. This kind of begs the question: What are the other four? Um. So sentimental. Um. Return of the Jedi. Mm. Back to the Future. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. The Lost Boys. And uh, it's going to be a toss-up between... It's a three-way tie between Goonies, Silverado, and Ghostbusters. Ooh. I haven't seen Silverado, but the other two of those three I've seen. But, man, that is a great list. Yeah, That's a solid list. Well, no, actually, number five is probably going to be Back to the Future, and then the other three are number six, tied for six. Oh, cheater! Anyway, yeah, no, sorry, I had to recant dude, that. Back to the that, Future is a perfect movie. Remember when I told you the first cosplay I ever did was Indiana Jones? Yes, I almost used that picture. No, I did use that picture for this. Yeah, show for the card. thumbnail. For the thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That was me in my last crusade outfit because I bought one of the black tie from a fellow Indiana Jones cosplayer who didn't need it anymore. And it's like, how much do you want for it? It's like six bucks. I'm like done. So I bought the black tie and I wore it at that comic because I wanted to be the last crusade iteration of the character when he's walking through the hall and he's like, I think he's in here. Why do you say that? Because it's wired. <laughs> <laughs> I love Last Crusade so hard, brother. I quote that movie like pretty much all the time. Yeah, I do life. too. You chose poorly. Yes. <laughs> Dave Dave McDonald says the Red Dawn remake was terrible. Even Thor couldn't save it. And he is absolutely 100% true. I saw that movie because so bad. The, the original Red Dawn, again, is top 10 for me. Um, and they, they kill off Thor like in the last five minutes of the movie, which well, is stupid that, to me. Well, no, that's what happens in the original. Jed, well, you think Jed dies. You, you don't know for fact, but it's it's you know, intimated that Jed and, and his brother die in the last scene. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. You know, that movie just, I didn't buy uh, Hemsworth and uh, what's his name from Josh and Drake being brothers. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, I just didn't buy it. I know, um, I know. I can't remember the actor's name, but I know that Adrian Palacki was also in that remake, who's who's done very well for herself, you know, pre and post that. And uh, Josh Hutcherson was in that at the time when the Hunger Games was filming, and you had uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was like the soldier guy helping them on out. on paper. On paper, that cast, cast was great, and that should have been a blockbuster movie. Except when you think about the original Red Dawn, Patrick Swayze. Uh, Charlie Sheen, C. Thomas Howell, Leah Aaron Thompson. Gray, Leah, Leah Thompson. Thompson, Casey Semesco. A very young and beautiful Leah Thompson, I might yes. add. And, and, and you had, um, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Powers Booth and Harry oh, Dean Stanton. he is Stanton. such a great actor. He is and such a great actor. Listen, that cast Powers is Booth. unbeatable. Uh, you just can't, it's, it is a superstar cast. It is. And so anyway, anyway. Uh, and we're going to leave with this uh, one last comment from Brian's Wen Brian Wensloff. Speaking of the sax player from the Lost Boys, I'll be meeting him in December Ooh. at Spook Allah. He'll be performing live too. Hey, you got Brian, be be our correspondent. Get us some uh, video of that. Get on there, man. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. That's and cool um, I, I lied. Dave Mattingly gets the last word. He says. <laughs> I loved the Buffy movie, wow. which is why I never got into the series. I'm the wow. same. They're not the same at all. Dude, they are completely like, different property. Dude, they're it's like night and day. Well, but see, I had to, I had Kelly had me watch the series first because she knew if I watched the movie first, I wouldn't like the series. Probably. Well, see, but I'm I'm the same way. I never watched the Stargate television series because I love the movie. Again, in regards top, to King Tut, blank top, blank top ten. Top 10 Stargate right up there. And wow. I, I was like, I can't, I can't risk my love of this movie being tarnished by TV series that may or may not live up to the, uh, the epicness that the movie was. Really? So I'm the same way. So I never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV. I did watch Angel, but I never watched Buffy. Did you like Angel though? I loved Angel. Okay. I haven't watched. I haven't, I haven't seen one episode of Angel. All I've seen is Buffy. 
They, again, are, are to be read, to be watched piles. Yeah, our list is, trust me when I tell you, you think Kraley's got a giant notepad there? You should see my two pyramids worth of to be read piles. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm right we there with you. We have a mini-sode about that on Comic Books The New Class. Like... Hashtag always be promoting, Kraley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's on the Serial Box Network, so uh, that's a it great is. transition. You can uh, see those episodes on the Comic Books The Next Class YouTube and Facebook channels, or right here on the back of the Serial Box YouTube channel. We syndicate that uh, Mm -hmm. a couple of days later Mm -hmm. um, so that we get the boost on your channel and then uh, we get the second boost on the Serial Box Network channel. And big news for you guys. Mm -hmm. You don't know this. Oh, no. But this is an announcement. This is breaking news this morning. Should I be terrified? You should be excited. Okay. Comic books... The next class is New about class, to be released as an audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are heard within the next week. Yes, I, went, I needed oh, that's to. So exciting! In the we words needed, of our good friend Daniel Bryan Danielson, yes, yes. We needed yes. to get some yeah. some episodes under your belt so we that did. we had a we had a nice release of content. So. Uh, uh, we have that, had a, we've had a bit of delay in recent with certain episodes, but we're getting there. We're getting back on the horse. My well, health is terrible. Yeah, Crayley's health is kind fault. of in the bucket, so it's kind of like Crayley, honey. If you're not here, we really can't do a show, and you're kind of important. Aww. No, no. Well, the the minisodes are going to uh, really help quite a bit because those will uh, fill in those audio uh, yes uh, mm-hmm. audio episodes. The missing very gaps. nicely. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. And Thank you, Johnny. We appreciate you. Did I ever too. tell you how much Thank we appreciate you? So you? The words of the GIF on the interwebs. I appreciate you. <laughs> My pleasure. So with that, uh, everybody who's watching, uh, mm-hmm. make sure you like this episode, comment on it, share it, subscribe on whatever platform you're watching. And, um, you know, make sure that you tell two, 300 of your closest friends Come share the fun. And if you really love the show, support us at buymeacoffee.com slash cereal box podcast um, or cereal box pod. I'm sorry. Buymeacoffee.com slash cereal box pod. And if you hate the show, donate even more generously so that we can improve it just for you. And um, that would be fantastic. And uh, with that, uh, Crayley, tell everyone how they can find, follow, and support you. Uh, so Kelly and I have a link tree that I'm going to put up on the screen here as soon as I find it. It's linktree.com slash Phoenix Sis Cosplay, S-I-S, short for sisters. Mm-hmm. And so that has Kelly's books, that has my Pokeballs, that has a bunch of our cosplay stuff, our podcast efforts that we run on the Serial Box Network, um, finding us on you know, Facebook, Instagram, all those social medias. We have TikTok now, and Kelly's been doing short segments of comic book history that you're absolutely going to want to tune into if you like TikTok and comic books, which I don't know if you like TikTok if you're here, but if you're here, you probably are at least interested in knowing weird facts about the people who make the content we all know and love. So um, yeah, linktree.com slash Phoenix Sis Cosplay. It's S-I-S in the middle there. And on back of the cereal box, you can catch Crayley and Kelly uh, doing episodes of Back Issue Breakfast Club. 
periodically. The three of us share those duties, and we're always looking for other people to join in the fun as well. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Ryan, tell everyone where they can follow, find, and support you. Maybe I should get in on that. I'm going to make them know if you can. So listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. First of all, thank you for having me. Second of all, I'm grateful to have you two as uh, two of my many friends in this crazy mix of world that we live in. And three, uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram at RyanRPM5. There's a link tree that is linked to my bio, which can take you to all my podcasts, such as And I Quote, which is on Saturdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be doing an episode later today with my good friend Gaeta Yagi of Charm Celebration. She creates custom-made gift baskets. By the way, they can be very nerdy as well if you wanted one, Johnny. I'm just saying. So... I'm going to be doing that. I do comics in new class with the incredible Crayley Vanest, which she and I just both learned that we are the next stage of human evolution because those with autism, it's a superpower. We use it for the good of mankind. Hashtag those are the facts and they are undisputed. Other than that, so if you like, comment, share, subscribe, do all that stuff for my content, his content, Crayley's content, we get more great content like that, right? Affirmative. So this is awesome. This is great. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who grew up in the 90s, such as this young man right here, may the power protect you all. That's awesome. Well, you guys can follow, find, and support me at johnpica.com. And that links you to my books, my live shows, and of course, this podcast back at the cereal box. And um, until the next time, love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box.